Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. 2 Samuel chapter number 2 verse number 17 says this, There was a very sore battle that day, and Abner was beaten, and the men of Israel before the servants of David. And there were three sons of Zeruiah there. And the Bible goes on to say, and I'll just say this in passing, that's David's sister. And there was three sons of Zeruiah there, Joab and Abishai and Azahel. And Azahel was as light of a foot as a wild roe. And Azahel pursued after Abner, and in going, he turned not to the right hand, nor to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Art thou Azahel? And he answered, I am. And Abner said unto him, Turn thee aside to thy right hand or to thy left and lay thee hold on one of the young men uh, and take thee his armor. But Azahel would not turn aside from following of him. And Abner said again to Azahel, Turn thee aside from following me. Wherefore should I smite thee to the ground? How then should I hold my face to Joab thy brother? Howbeit he refused to turn aside. Wherefore Abner with a hinder end of the spear smote him under the fifth rib and uh, smote him under the fifth rib, smote him under the fifth rib, so that the spear came out behind him, and he fell down there and died in the same place. And it came to pass that as many as came to, to the place where Azahel fell down and died uh, stood still. I want you to look in the middle of verse number 23. The Bible said this, And he fell dealing with Azahel, and he fell down there and died in the same place. Now here's what I want to preach on with the help of the Lord for a little while this morning. Some things Azahel remembered in the last moments of his life. Some things Azahel remembered as he was taking his final breaths. As he lay on the ground that day, no doubt probably looking up towards the heavens, taking his last breaths as his blood ran out of his side and out of his back. As he lay there that day, there were some things, no doubt, that ran through his mind. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. God, I pray, Lord, that your will and way would be done in this service. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd anoint me as I preach today. God, I'm standing in a place, God, that I know more than ever in the arm of the flesh that I'll fail without you. God, you know who's here, you know who's not here. God, before the foundations of the world was laid, you knew who would be sitting in this service today. God, no doubt the devil's going to try his best to disrupt this service today. 
The devil may even try to take people out of the service that needs to be in it, but God, I pray that he, the Holy Ghost, Father, would but put a holy hush over the place today. God, I'm reminded of what the Bible said in the book of Revelation, chapter number 12. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives, save none the death. God, we plead the blood of Calvary over this service today. I pray, God, that you'd bind every demonic power. I pray, God, that you bind Satan himself. God, I pray, Lord, that he, the Holy Ghost, would have free rule and reign over this service today. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen and amen. You can be seated today. I want to look into these verses again and with the help of the Lord this morning, preach on this thought. Some things Azahel remembered in the last moments of his life. Some things that Azahel remembered in the last moments of his life. In chapter number two of 2 Samuel, we find that David has just been anointed king over Judah, and David begins to reign over Judah. Not long after that, we find that according to verse number 17, uh, there was a very sore battle that day. Simply what that means is this, that there was a very bad or a very bloody uh, a battle that day that was fought that day. And the Bible said this, and Abner was beaten and the name or the men of Israel before the servants of David. The Bible plainly states to us in verse number 17 uh, that Abner was beaten that day. That Abner was beaten that day. So when we get on over into the chapter and we find Azahel uh, is uh, running after Abner. Uh, Azahel is running after someone that has already been defeated. Azahel has already won the battle uh, and Azahel continues to pursue uh, the enemy that day. I want you to think about a few things this morning by way of introduction and if you write in your Bible uh, and you've been here any length of time over four or five years you'll have this introduction wrote in your Bible already from another message but I want to look at Azahel this morning for just a minute. Think about his position today. Who was Azahel? Well the Bible tells us back in verse number 18 uh, and there was three sons of Zeruiah there, Joe and Abishiah and Azahel. Azahel is mighty Joab's brother. Joab was the captain over David's army and David's host. Matter of fact, if you'll remember several weeks ago on a Wednesday night, I preached on killing Joab. The first thing that David told Solomon to do was to kill Joab as David was dying. He said, make sure uh, you killed Joab. Uh, Joab was a mighty, mighty powerful man. Uh, Joab was a man that was very experienced uh, in battle and in war. Uh, and can I say this? He was also uh, a very wicked man. And Azahel uh, is mighty Joab's brother. His position, who he was. He was Joab's uh, a brother, he was also uh, listen now the king's nephew. Uh, he was also David's nephew. So you see.
see his position, but then you see his pride because of who he was. Pride came into his life. Hear me this morning. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And no doubt in Azahel's mind, he thought that day as he was pursuing after a defeated foe that because who he was, he could do anything he wanted to. Are you hearing the preacher this morning? Because who he was. And I'm afraid that there comes times in our life that we get in the back of our mind, especially as young people and young adults beginning life, that because who they are, they can do anything they want to. They're smart enough that they can dabble in sin and mess around in sin and nothing ever happened to them. Anybody hearing the preacher this morning? They think that they can run in sin and it's all right because of their position, who their parents is. And because, here's where a lot of young people's at today. They think they're smarter than sin. Amen. They think they're smarter than sin. Now you can get mad at me right here if you want to, but our school system is teaching them safe sex today so they think, now you said, preacher, that offended me. You're not using that word, well, turn your TV off. They think that they are smarter than sin today. They think that they can run in the world and do the things of the world and nothing will ever, his position and his pride. He got to a place where he thought, well, you know what, no doubt in my mind that day on the battlefield, he thought I'm as a hell. My brother is mighty Joab. My, my uncle is King David. I can do anything. I, his position, his pride, but watch this, his pace. What was his pace? The Bible said this, that he pursued after. He pursued after Abner. And the Bible said this, he was as light of his foot as a wild rogue. There's some of his pride. He thought he could outrun sin. He thought he could outrun the consequences of sin. Is anybody hearing the preacher this morning? And his pace was this. He continually uh, pursued after him. Had a fast uh, and at a high pace. Uh, he was running after Abner. Abner's already defeated. Uh, Abner's already a defeated foe. Uh, uh, but he continues uh, uh, running after that. And watch this. Abner even stops to warn him. Abner even says, listen, man, you better turn around and go after somebody else. But you know what he done? He continued in the pace. But think about this, his pity. Verse number 23, the Bible said that Azahel fell to the ground and died that day. He fell to the ground and died that day. Oh, he wasn't running anymore. I'm sure he wasn't prideful anymore. Brother Randy, as he laid on the ground that day, anybody hearing the preacher this morning? As he laid on the ground that day, and the blood was running out of him that day on the battlefield, Brother Randy. As he was smitten behind 
the fifth rib and probably what it done, uh, uh, Brother Kevin was probably go through his lungs. Habner was a very trained man. Went through his lungs and he hit the ground. No doubt he didn't die immediately. I, if there's anybody that's uh, PETA people, close your ears. I've killed enough wild hogs with a knife, Brother Greg, to know, and Brother Mac knows this, that you can hit their lungs just perfect, but they don't die immediately. You can shoot a deer with a high-powered rifle right through the lungs, and it don't die immediately. It runs off, and when you get to it, you'll find a place where it's kicked out, where it's kicked and pawed in the last moments of his life. And let me tell you something this evening or this morning is as a hell hit the ground that day. As he hit the ground, and its blood began to run out of him. In the back of his mind, no doubt, there were some memories run through his head in the last moments of his life. In the last moments of his life. Here's where so many people has come today. I am not going to get caught. And let me just say something right here. Just look up in here just a minute. Let me just say something right here. You may not get caught by your parents. Or you may not get caught by your, your spouse. Well, don't you to hear me? There's a God sees everything you do. Hey, man. There is a God that sees everything you do. And whether your parents ever know about it, whether the preacher ever knows about it, whether anybody else ever knows about it, the creator of this world hears and sees everything that we do. Lay there that day, blood running out of him. No doubt, probably looking up into the heavens as people began to gather around him. Everybody that came to the place where he died stood still. They looked at Azahel that day. I wonder if one said something like this. Boy, he sure had a lot of potential. You know, Brother Stan, I've sat with my wife before and looked at her and said, called young people by name and said, they had so much potential. 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 But there they are. The life's in a mess now. The life is ruined. Spiritually, they're dying all because they thought they could run after Abner. All because they thought they could run after Abner and nothing would ever happen to him. You don't realize who Abner was. Abner was also one of the most experienced men in battle that there was in the Bible whenever you study him out. You don't realize who Abner was. Abner was one. Listen to this. Abner was one that escorted David. Abner in 1 Samuel 17 was one that escorted David in, in the Saul's chambers, while David was carrying the head of Goliath, Abner's one that took David to Saul that day and said, here he is. Abner was Saul's main man. I said all that to say this, the devil's smarter than you are. The devil's better than you are. Here's some things that went through his mind. I'm going to give you three little thoughts. We're going to go home. Number one, Here's what's went through his mind that day as he was taking his last breath. 
Here's something that went through his mind, I think. Number one, I would say this. Some things that went through his mind was this. The warning about the foe. No doubt as he laid there that day in his mind, he thought, he told me to stop. He told me if I didn't quit, he was going to kill me. The warning about the foe. The warning. He told me how many young people is set after absolutely messing their life up, after things being taken away from them that'll never, that they'll never, that they'll never be able to get back again, has set going. I was warned. I was warned. Boy, it's still this morning, but that's all right. I was warned. I thought about this, the warning of the foe. I thought about this over and over and over and over. The scriptures remind us of this warning. Over and over, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Why do we really think that we can live our life any way we want to and everything's going to be all right? Why in the world do we think that we can walk in the church house on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and even on Wednesday night and yet live like the devil in hell itself Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday during the day and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and think everything's all right? The scripture over and over and over warns us. Judas walked beside Jesus. Judas, no doubt, physically touched Christ and hugged him. And yet he was still deceived by Satan. David was a man after God's own heart. Nobody else in the Word of God has that said about him. He is a man after God's own heart. And David messed up. And the sword never departed from his house. Samson was warned over and over again and yet he continued pursuing after uh, the women of that day. That was his downfall. You say, well, preacher, Samson took more out at his death than he did in his whole life. You're exactly right. And God did forgive him, but he never got his eyesight back and he died an early death. Scriptures over and over and over and over warn us about the foe. And yet so many people today think, I'm above that. It's not going to happen to me. As he lay there that day, <sighs> sucking wind for the last time, he remembered the warning about the foe. I thought about this. Not only the scriptures warn you about it, but the saints warn you about it. The saints. I sure am glad. I sure am glad for some men. He's in heaven today, but a man by the name of Harold England. 
Nobody knows that name, I'm sure. But Harold England was over the youth church when I was a boy and he was a preacher out of Turner's Creek for years and years and years. And when I was a teenager and I began to get rebellious on God, Harold England would look at me and he'd say, boy, I'm telling you, if you don't straighten your life up, if you don't get things right with God, God's not going to put up with your rebellion. God will put you in a grave, boy. You better get, thank God, there was some saints that stood in my face and warned me over and over and over again. Hear the preacher this morning. I am heralding out a warning. You better watch the way you're living. You better watch the way you're doing. He, he remembered the warning about the foe, but I thought about this. Let me tell you what else warns you about it, not only the scriptures, not only the saints. Let me tell you what else warns you about it, sin. Sin itself warns you about what it'll do to your life. Sin itself warns you about what it'll do to your life. Sin itself. Sin itself. You know what sin will do to you. There's not a person sitting in this room this morning that is ignorant of the effects of sin. You know exactly what it'll do to your life. Sir, you know exactly what sin will do to your life. Ma'am, you know exactly what sin will do to your life. Teenager that's in this room this morning and young adult that's in this room this morning that's beginning to dabble around in sin, you know what sin will do to your life. You know what it will. And yet, they just continue running after it. What did he think about that day? as his life's going out of him. He thought, man, I remember the warning about the foe. I was told to go another way. I was told to turn around. I was told destruction was going to hit me. He remembered the warning about the foe, but I think he remembered this. Verse number 24 says, Joab also and Abishai pursued after Abner. They pursued after Abner. That's his two brothers. It's Azahel's two brothers. And evidently, Abner and Joab, or, or, or Abner and Abishai, runs up on the scene of Azahel as he's dying. And they probably say something like this. Joab, being the mighty man of battle that he is, looks over at him and says, Azahel, what happened to you? And Azahel, as he's sucking his last breath out, could have possibly said this. It was Abner. You know what the Bible said? That Joab and Abishai pursued after Abner. As he's laying there that day, he remembers number one, the warning about the foe. But number two, he now begins to remember the worries of his family. The worries of his family. So preach, what are you saying? No doubt as he's taking his last breaths, he's thinking, now my brothers is running after the enemy. 
No doubt as he's taking his last breath, he's wondering in the back of his mind, I wonder what mom's going to think when word gets to her that I was pursuing the enemy that was already defeated. Did you catch the last part of that statement? That was already defeated and got killed. I wonder how big of a disappointment this is going to be to dad. I wonder what Uncle David is going to think when he hears this. Let me tell you some things that you'll remember in the last moments of your life if you die captive to sin. The worries of your family. What you're putting, and let me preach to our young people for just a minute. What you're putting your family through right now. Because of your stinking rebellion and pride. Because of your pace that you just continue running after it. You've heard warning after warning. There will come a day that you'll look back in your mind and go, I sure wish I hadn't put my mom and daddy through that. I sure wish. Boy, that... I put my mom and daddy through a lot of unnecessary grief for a year and a, for a year and a half of my life. And boy, brother Stan, if I could do it all over. If I could do it all over. The stupid mistakes that I that I made. And you let me tell you, Brother Robert, what just makes me so angry is that you sit with young people and you pour your heart out and you go, I've been down that road. There's nothing for you. And yet they think, they think that they can outrun sin. Some of you young people, some of you young adults sitting in this room today and you're so miserable. Your smile's counterfeit. Your happiness is counterfeit. You may have everybody else fooled, but I'm going to tell you, there's probably one or two that you don't have fooled, and one of them's your parents, and another one's your pastor. You're running after sin. What do you remember the day? I wonder what mama's going to think. I wonder what daddy's going to think. I bet some of y'all have been in, in the borderline of, of falling into sin and you're wondering in the back side of your mind if mama finds out, if daddy finds out, if the preacher finds out, oh God, what will I do? Hear me and hear me well if we never find out. God already knows. Yeah, they just continue running after it. I can outdo it. I'm smarter than sin. I'm smarter than mama. I'm smarter than daddy. I'm smarter than the preacher. I'm smarter than God. So I never said I'm smarter than God. If you think you're smarter than your mom and dad, you think you're smarter than God. Lay there that day, Miss Shannon thinking about, well, my mom, sure he's going to be disappointed. The worries of his family. You that knows the story knows that eventually Joab finds Abner and kills him because of this. Because of Azahel's rebellion, he now sets up even more rebellion and rage in Joab. And Joab ends up finding Abner and killing him. 
the worries of his family. What did he remember that day? Well, I would say this. He remembered the warning about the foe. He remembered the worry of his family. Let me show you one more and we'll go home. Number three, he remembered, I want you to hear me right here, the winning of the fight. He said, preacher, what are you saying? Look back with me. Look in verse number 17. There was a very sore battle that day and Abner, what did the Bible say? Was beaten. Abner was beaten. The very individual that Azahel was running after had already been beaten. Had already suffered defeat. Had already... Look, Azahel's running away from him. I mean, Abner's running away from Azahel. And Azahel decides to run after him. I want you to hear something this morning. We've already, if you're saved, we've already won the battle. And you're pursuing a defeated foe. You're, he remembered the winning of the battle. He lay there that day. We already won. I could be back there enjoying victory. I could be back there eating supper. I could be sitting at the palace with the king. But I pursued the enemy. And while other young people live in victory, you live in utter defeat because you're pursuing Abner. Because you're pursuing Abner. Because you're pursuing Abner. When you're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old and you're rocking your baby to sleep at night. Everybody all right this morning, ain't they? You're rocking your baby to sleep. You look around at all your other friends and man, they're having a great time. They're living a pure life. You'll remember. You'll remember the winning of the battle. I, I, want, I want to say something to you this morning. The greatest joy you'll ever have. I promise you, I've been on both sides of the fence. The greatest joy and the greatest happiness you'll ever have is living in the center of God's will. Am I right, Brother Cody? I don't mean to embarrass you, but am I right? I know you've been on both sides of the fence, and I'm not magnifying where you was at, but is it not a whole lot better on this side with a beautiful wife sitting in church this morning with a baby boy and serving God? Isn't it a whole lot better on this side? Brother Chad, isn't it a whole lot better? Sitting in the house of God this morning and strung out somewhere on dope. But you think that you can outrun him. You think that you can take Abner down. Battle's already been won. What you better do, what you better do is find yourself in an altar this morning and beg God to forgive you if you've already messed up and get back to living in victory. 
get back to live. I'm just going to say this. Miss Tanya, come start playing softly. I'm going to say this this morning. It's still right to live right. It's still right to live right. Well, I'll say it and I'll get help. It's still right to live right. Still in that book that it's good for man not to touch a woman. Still in that book. Still in that book. I've said this since Satan right there was born. First date she ever goes on, it won't be with a boy by himself. And she went on her first and the other night. And I dropped her off with him and his mom and daddy. And I talked to his daddy, which is Bradley Boone that's preached in our pulpit. And here's what I told him. I said, they're not to be alone at any moment. And you say, preacher, that's crazy. Let me tell you the reason I told him that, because I know where my mind was at when I was 16 years old. Well, preacher, they got to have a little bit of liberty. Take your King James Bible and show me that. Hey, take your King James and show it to me. Say, well, preacher, they, they need to fit in a little bit. Take your King James and show me that. And when you show me that, out of the Word of God, is, is everybody all right this morning? Then I'll listen to you. But until you got Bible to back it up, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. I'm very well aware that I can wake up in the morning and she could have snuck out the house and got in her car and went somewhere else and turned her life 360 off and me not know about it. But if she does, it's not going to be because I said, you need to fit in, honey. Now you just run off with your buddies and do whatever you want to do. You just get in a car with some jack leg that knows nothing about love. Amen. I want you to hear me right here. Love waits and lust takes. And if you can't keep your hands off each other, you don't know nothing about love. You're in lust. She can mess up tomorrow, brother Josh. And she may. I know that. And if she does, I'm still going to love her. I'm still going to be good to her. She's not going to live in my home and live in sin, though. I'm still going to love her and I'm going to be good to her. She can mess up tomorrow, and I know that. But it ain't going to be because, Miss Shara, I just gave her to the world. I'm not doing it. I got Bible for it. I got Bible for her dressing in modest apparel. It's a crying shame. It's a crying shame the way some young girls dress today. I 
I'll resign and go to the house before I quit preaching the Bible. And before I quit caring for your youngins. It's a crying shame. Crying shame. Mamas and daddies let them do it. They let them. Let them run around half naked. Let them. Let them prance around all over the place half naked. And what blows my mind, while I'm here, let me just go ahead and address a little bit. What blows my mind is the people that'll comment on it and say, oh, they look so good. Don't come crying to the preacher when your teenage daughter comes home pregnant. Because we just turn them loose to the world to do anything that they want to. And I want you to hear me. There's going to come a day if you're saved by the grace of God that the chastening and the hand of God's going to fall on your life. And when you're laying there and it feels that you're at the end of your life, you're going to remember a 41-year-old man that stood and said that he loved you and he cared about you enough to warn you about the path that you're going down some things he remembered in the last moments of his life. He remembered that he could, he simply could have all he had to do, Brother Stan, was go live in victory. But he chose to run after defeat. Miss Bethany's sitting right there. Brother Aaron's working today. He's the only reason he's not here. first time that they kissed was standing right there on their wedding day. You say, well, that's old-fashioned. No, that's Bible. That's Bible. That's Bible. Had a white dress on that meant something. Don't mean nothing anymore. Girls just sell themselves out and guys just sell themselves out. They run in the world and sleep with whoever and then the day comes that they get married and they think God's supposed to send them a good, pure person. Well, why do you think God would do that when you lived your life like hell itself? Just being honest. Oh, as hell was laying there. Oh, I wish I'd have listened. I wish I'd have listened. I wish I'd have listened. 